As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to be here. I am here with Barry Liner Grant, who is the elder sister of one of my college roommates, Dana Liner, the one and only. Too funny, right? I love her so much, but I also love you and did from minute one. And Barry, in just a few words, is a mother, is a writer, is a stylist and a trend spotter, which is super fun for me, but that's not the best of it. She's also a grief spotter. And she has a capacity for tapping into where people are hurting and helping. And then on top of all that, she's worked in TV and radio and all the things for the longest time and is just a general badass. And we decided it would be really good to chat for the podcast. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is like magic. I mean, I picked up the phone because I felt like we needed to have a conversation. Yeah, I'm so glad. And already we've had (laughs) a huge conversation before we even turned on the recorder. So I'm glad we did. The first few episodes I decided would be themed and they were themed about uh, collecting difficult moments. And I feel like you're a professional at that. I want to say we need the world needs more people like you. Because anytime you walk into a room and you reach out to somebody who's hurting because you can feel it, we're all helped by that. So thank you for that. For your whole stylist life, we can talk about that because I am secretly very impressed. You are a stylist. You were a market editor uh, for nearly two decades. You established yourself in the editorial and commercial markets prepping, propping, conceptualizing everything from well-curated trend stories to memorable interior design shoots like Jealous. Much, yes. Fun. Oh, Making fun out imagine. of what you love. I mean, that that's really how my path went round and wound and unraveled. And you get to work. You got to work with architects and photographers and designers and, and you know, making them look good is such a fun job. I did it for a long time too. And it's like one of the best, most satisfying things because it's not your name. But you get to make it so great on behalf of somebody else. And there's something really beautiful and generous about that. I've always, before that I was a publicist. And so Uh that was really my training for being the behind the scenes, helping you tell your story behind the scenes. So never being the one but being the one that helped you craft, you know, way before people were talking about crafting your own personal brand. There I was behind designers and it was mostly fashion and beauty, helping people craft a story pre-Instagram, pre, I mean, I had a typewriter. 
Do you remember life before Instagram? Like, I can't even believe we got, I got around till I was 24 without a cell phone. No phone. And I'm worried about my child, I just want to say. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to navigate. I'm worried about it. It's a hard thing to navigate, but it's what they know. And so when I think about what we know and how we use it to the best of our ability, think about the nights that we fell asleep talking to our friends on the phone with the long cord. Oh, with that big ass phone in my ear. And falling asleep on the long cord and watching TV with your friend, the same show after school. Yes. But now they cut, we've cut the cord. It's the same thing. Imagine that they're communicating the same way we did. We've cut the cord. They're cutting the cord of the phone and they're seeing their friends on Instagram and Snapchat. It's just, it's what's in their hand that's different. The technology just got. Two things that I'm thinking about. One is that I keep reading and hearing that there's there's a degradation of the myelin sheath around their nerves and their brains because of this frequency. But I don't believe that telling them to turn it off right. is necessarily the answer. Like anything else, telling them not to do something that's I haven't done that very, yet. very much. I, I never I never did it either. And I find that I'm kind of like that as a mom with most things. I had a genius friend, Debbie Gorin, who had an older daughter who adored spending time with her. And I was like, sign me up. How do you do that? She said, you, you just have to not be the mom that always says no. Mm. And I was like, so she would ask, can I go to the mall? And I'd be freaking out. And I'd be like, sure. Yeah. And trust. Mm. And yeah. trust until you cross that line. Was the line ever crossed? No. How about that? And. Emma is 22. They make mistakes, and Quinny is um, 15. Sure, mistakes have been made, but honesty has come of all the mistakes. I mean, Emma came to me and said, I I tried this, I tried that. Like, I got all the information. I had to call Dana and say, okay, now what the F do I do? <laughs> because I just, the, the honesty came around and smacked me in the face. And I was like, now what, what do I do with this information? They, they came way clean. And right. then, but that, that is what you want. I agree with that. I agree with that. And then the second thing is I'm still a no to Snapchat. You're a no. I'm a no. I, I was think- a no. I mean, my, my kid, it was a different time, but I was the, Last mom standing with no texting. I mean, Emma wow. had no texting forever. I mean, that was pre-Snapchat, but that was my foot down. Mm. Here's the thing about Snapchat. What a fucking waste of time. Well, people say that about Instagram. At least there's something in my business that ha- that I'm doing that's professional but, sharing the work that I'm doing. But I read a book um, recently Sorry, called Untangled. I lo- I'm like... Okay. B- bad word lover, hashtag, okay. I love bad words all over my Instagram. <laughs> I mean, for real, I do. What's your Instagram? Oh, it's BLG. BLG. And and so all my kids' ass. friends follow me and they call me BLG, literally. <sighs> it, it cracks me up. I like it. They realized that it was interesting that I was in design because their friends lit up about it. Right. It's always been what they know, but when their friends lit up about it, where I was on location or what I was styling, mm-hmm. then they were like, 
oh, your mom's cool. Your mom is cool. Do you know how cool your mom is? And it was like big eye roll. I get that too. Jonas well, peeps kind of dig me and fancy me. And then I get the, well, sometimes I get the eye roll and sometimes I get it cool. Um, it comes around because Emma, Emma definitely appreciates what I do now that she's working and right. that she's in the work world. Right. Oh God, 22. 22. Wow. Living on her own, paying her own bills. Amazing. In the world. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Emma, if you ever listen to this, we love you. We love you. Mm-mm. So really what I think when I, when I wake up in the morning and I come out here and I light a candle and it's still dark and I just sit for a little while and think about what's happening today, the first thing that came to mind was how many lives you have had. And I definitely want to touch on the fact that just after it was in the early 90s when your mom passed quite suddenly and I was deeply embedded in Dana's life at the time, you know, by proxy in your life. And I remember getting the call. It was super sudden and she'd been laying on the beach. Ellen. Ellen Jane. She was so awesome. And she'd been laying on the beach and she, I don't mean to laugh, she literally just fell asleep and died in the sun, sunbathing. She called us all. This is the magic of that day. She called us all because she had scalped tickets to the U.S. Open golf tournament for my stepfather, and she was giddy with it because she sent him on his way. She had just been to visit my sister, who had been plucked from Cornell Hotel School to go work for a company in Denver. I remember. As the controller straight out of college. I mean, she's something. Um, that was a good year, 92. We all got plucked. You got plucked. We did. It was really something. And she had just come to Manhattan. I had set up a public relations firm on my own, left a <laughs> company and started a business. As one does. As one does. And we were all in our places. It was, it was a, looking back, it was a really interesting day. And in her beach bag was a receipt for two pounds of Santa Rosa plums, a trashy novel, and which she was a voracious reader, but instead of buying a magazine, she would buy like a trashy book because she would know she would plow through a magazine much too quickly, and she didn't want to bring her good books to the beach. That was that generation, though. They always bought the trashy novels. That was like her thing. And the receipt was there but the plums were all gone favorite fruit they came but once a year they're really dark yes red in the inside like yeah so sweet and juicy and she lived for that little window of time that they came around and they were gone two pounds pounds of her favorite ever food on a beach looking at the water and she called all of us and it was very very hot she was like a super realtor and she said I'm taking the fucking day off. Oh, wow. And treated herself to just going and favorite place on earth, just sitting on the beach. Treated herself to a death day on the beach and a day. rather than a death in some house showing. I mean, she just, wow. I think, I, I wonder often if if you know, and I know you told me you're, obsessed with death in the best way obsessed but do we know is it imprinted do we know i believe we do 
I had all this evidence that my mom knew. She left notes all over the house indicating to us what things were and who they belonged to in her absence. Well, when we sat Shiva for my mom, she had like three things to her name, very organized. She had like ballet slippers from Sam and Libby in every color. She had like a little uniform, little Audrey Hepburn crop jeans and sweaters and popped collars and she was just very i remember the popped collar totally yeah in in cool contrasting colors and she she loved a bargain but she didn't love stuff Mm. and we couldn't find her jewelry roll it was missing it was this yellow jewelry roll with white polka dots and it was just gone And we found it in the house. It was hidden behind the photo albums. And it forced us to visit the photo albums, (gasps) which were trip after trip after trip after her standing in front of a fireplace in another outfit with another. I mean, she was so stunning, movie star stunning to us. No, but she was to all of us, too. We all used to die over her. That just looking at all the places she had gone and she would tell my stepfather, like she would mark it in his book, I'm going and if you're not coming, you know, (laughs) so be it. Uh, But she really, and he always went, but it was like, look, look at the life I lived. Yes. Clearly too short, but it was like hardcore message to us. Look. Look and make sure you do. And live that way. Yeah, yeah. Funny. Right? Hidden behind the photo albums. If you're going to find me, you're going to find these. And it was, yeah, super odd. And we were not in the mood for a a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Mom. Where's this? I mean, we're already grieving. Because we really wanted to hold on to something. Of course. I remember the feeling like it was yesterday. And she just didn't have it she was a doer she was like last at the beach last at you know you'd see her car parked at carvel dude you did not just say carvel i said carvel (sighs) ellen was like treat yourself to the cone and get the sprinkles get the dip that the the hard shell she was a sprinkles girl we're all sprinkles girls got it colored or chocolate colored right colored Chocolate ice cream or vanilla? Vanilla. Oh, my God. You and my sister. Soft serve. Soft serve. (laughs) But we'd see her car when we were going from one place to another. We'd see her park there. Like, we we found a receipt in her car that said, um, small small O-ring Diet Coke. We also found that in her car. And we were like, for a woman that was always saying she had, like, five to lose – we were so grateful that we knew that she had treated herself. Yeah. And that was her life. It was, and, and the funny thing of thinking that we would catch her in these, in these moments and that she was always like, last one there, closing down the beach, closing down the, the mall, was really that she was a single mom yeah. getting it all done. But yeah. the magic was we thought she was like, Enjoying. Last, last one there. Like it was so magical that we were that that we really thought that it wasn't like a working mom getting it done at the eleventh hour. It was an adventure. That 
right there is kind of everything. Right? My other best friend from Cornell, her name is Dana Bauer. And with her, I always, and from way before we had children, through the time when we had children, there was an adventure aspect of things that really still uh, sings to me and got me out of the bed and on the phone and making plans and saying yes to things. My whole life, up until now, since I met her in 1988, saying yes to things that I never would have done to have the adventure because the adventure looked so right. And it's so sweet that you and Dana painted the picture of the adventure that she was on rather than the busyness. We, it's and, very beautiful. And we never... We, we thought she was an inc incredible businesswoman. Right. She had to reinvent herself post-divorce. Right. So we saw that. Right. She created job share with her best friend, which always inspired me. They walked in. They got the real estate license. They shared a business card. Tell me more. They told the office, we'll be two... We'll have one desk. We'll be two people <gasps> covering one job. No. One will watch the children... And one will be at work, and we'll no. split our commissions. And the newspaper wrote about them as the dynamic duo. That's she invented job share. Is that a thing now? I don't think so. Babe, that's it a really be. good it's idea. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Let's share a job. Let's, let's keep the village close for the children, and let's share the job. So they split commissions. They split time. Wow. Brilliant, right? Wow. Really smart. I'm just running through my mind of all the things that all the different jobs that people could do in the same way now to this day. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. So she really did carve the time to earn the money, right. feel good about the work that she was right. doing. Pride in selling people homes was like her total thing. Mm. She adored that. It's interesting how you've taken that forward in a really cool way. I She treated me to the, seeing the inside of houses my whole life. I would go to the open house right. and was super inspired. Right. And so, oh my God, I have so many things I want to talk about. First of all, you bring to people in, in one chapter of your life, and I imagine you can't help but still do it now, you bring them to... You, I wouldn't call it Marie Kondo, although that is top of mind right now. I would call it you bring them to see their home in a different way by styling their house. Tell me the story of the person that lives here. Who lives here? I want to walk in and I want to know the story of who lives here. And I do that whether I'm on a catalog shoot. Mm. Um, I make up the person that lives there in order to be able to style the room in the same spirit. It's like a good actor. Exactly. Exactly. Fill up the would fill up the space with real right. real feelings. I'm a children's room. I make up the idea that here's the little girl that lives here. Oh, would she really wear those sneakers? She wouldn't wear those sneakers. Oh my god. I you know, we you. decide what is she a Vans girl? She's a total Vans girl. She loves to go to the museum. She loves to do this. She, You know, you have to make up the whole story. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the shoot, even the assistants are like, you're so right. That's so her. Like, we're ready. We'll, like, name her or whatever. But that's too often I go into a home and I'll work with an architect who wants to take pictures for his website. And there's the big custom built-in bookcase. Blah, blah, blah. 
people have no books. Uh. What meeting was it? Right. <laughs> that they were all in, that someone thought that that was a really good idea. So I then can't. I have to think to myself, oh, look, they have custom fish tanks. Let me talk to the family about what their passion is. Oh, look, they actually, you know, go on vacations where they deep sea dive. So you make a collection of books. You make things that look like they've come home from vacations. But that is what my home is filled with. Got it. The, and that's how we should live with the with the pieces that tell the story of the people who live here. Assignment for this episode. I always give an assignment. I love. Look around your house and make sure that it tells your story. And anything that doesn't tell your story, you can set it to the side with a big, hearty thank you for being here in my life, but I no longer need you. And if you find that you need something to tell your story, make a list of those things and within reason, find them. But it could be a shell from a vacation. Just tell, yeah. just tell a story. Yeah. And, and make sure it means something to you. Because having stuff around that you've seen in a magazine just to get a look, mm -mm. we shouldn't really dress that way either. No. No. If I really wanted to do that, I wouldn't be wearing this, the potato sack from Morgan Le Fay, which I love more than life. I love a good potato sack. Oh, it's the best. Be I'm comfy these days. Word. <laughs> Word. How old are you now? 53. Wow, you look so good. Thanks, girl. Wow. You're five years older than me. You look so good. Thanks. Silly. Okay, so one of the things I was thinking about, finally looping back to what I thought about when I woke up this morning, was how many lives you've lived and how many jobs you've done. And really the thing that stuck out the most was for you, the listener, who is really seeking to create for yourself the life of your dreams, the work of your dreams, the job that you've always dreamt about. Maybe you don't even know what it looks like yet. Here is a human in Barry Liner Grant, BLG, the notorious BLG, <laughs> who has done it all, walked into places and said this was her job and then got the damn job. Um, created a job out of nothing similar to what your mom did with the job share. I would love to hear a couple of the highlights of what you think might inspire that listener who is struggling and stuck to figure out what it is that she or he should do. Sure, sure. I mean, I've built uh, many businesses and many ideas on what I like to call the school of life. Mm. What comes your way is telling you maybe this, you know, it's like doors open, right? So think about what inspires you. Think about what you're good at and ask people about their work. A ask about work that looks really interesting to you. That's what I used to do. I would just be curious. And what ended up happening in styling, for example, is that I went to the Chicago Tribune. I had never worked for a newspaper ever. I didn't know what to be when I moved to Chicago from New York. There were no public relations firms. And I went up to the Tribune and I came up with a bunch of ideas to pitch them that were just based on interest. I was a passionate New York Magazine reader when I was in New York and there were these pages by Corky Pollan called Best Bets. I remember. A roundup of products <gasps> that were what's new, what's yes. next. And it made my heart sing. Tick. 
And same in like Seventeen Magazine, that roundup of products yes. that are like those must-haves. That was my childhood dream. I made it come to life for the Chicago audience. What and was the column called? It was called uh, Window Shopping. Oh, God. That's so smart. And what I thought was really fun and the way that I pitched it was not only would it be a roundup of products, but it would also be what's what I deemed a trend, what was new and what was next. And it was also, from a business point of view, probably great for advertising because you could tap all these great stores to support the page. Of course. And people said to me in Chicago, how did you get to the Tribune? And I was so confused. Right. You know, I was kind of like, taxi? I, I really didn't understand what they were <laughs> talking about because all I knew was I need a job. This looks interesting. My friend, best friend, Marie, used to work there. And she sort of said, go up. Tell Marla, her old boss, you're the new Marie Moss in town, and she'll get you to the right people. Where had she gone? She moved back here. It's insane. Traded places. Yeah. She was the fashion director at Seventeen Magazine for 100 years, and she was transferred to Chicago. So they were back and forth, back and forth. I see. And she had moved when I moved to town, which is funny story of my life. Right. And um, they said, yes. And then I was like, oh, shit. I have a job. I Yeah. And, and I have to do it well. I have to do it. And so it was magic. I mean, that's really fun. So my first friends were shopkeepers. And so it's going back to how do you do that? It's coming up with an idea yep. that you feel excited about. Because yep. who doesn't want to feel excited about their work? For sure. Not being afraid to ask if there's room. Or to think of an idea where you can actually make something happen, a space you see. Like, wouldn't it be great if my local paper had X? Or wouldn't it be great if... Mm. Think about ending the sentence that way. Like, what's missing? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And see if you can make a, a job of that. Finding the, the whole... Yeah. And, yeah. And, the missing piece. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of times that's how companies are born. Like, what what's missing, or what would make my life easier? Mm -hmm. And can I help? And and also, I went to like a San Culpa setting. Good for you. Like an intention setting, you know, at my local yoga studio, and it I was like way before. I like that you called it San Culpa. San Culpa. San Culpa. San Culpa. I like San Culpa. San Culpa. My Jersey girl comes out. I'm um, so into it. I wanted to really dig deep and think less about setting an intention, but um, more about making it happen. Yeah. So saying it in a way, I will fill in the blank and by this time. Yeah. And I really did. And that's how a lot of the things that I've done have come to fruition. I sit down at the beginning of a year and I make that statement. This is happening. Yeah. Beautiful. And really, put your hands up in the air, put them out, put your palms out. Yep. And invite that in. And sometimes it just 
would feel so like I was like standing up straighter than straight, right in the place I was supposed to be when it was like the right thing. And that would happen over and over and over. And a lot of it was like, I think I thought my mom was so brave. Yeah. And I didn't really see some of the things that I was doing as bravery, but my girls do. Right. The fact that you got two girls is bonkers. I knew it. Bonkers, of course. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's very hard considering like the greatest love of my life was taken from me to right. believe in what I used to think was God. But here you are. Let me just repeat back to you what you've just said. Here you are finding yourself at very many intervals of your life, standing up straight, receiving the truth of the fact that you are exactly where you're meant to be with all of the help you need. I dare you to consider the possibility that that is your mother at work. I, I, for I'm sure. saying I think that there is a power at work, for sure. For sure. Um, I think someone just said to me recently, you know, I always, Dan and I have always been on this mission to continue to make her proud. That was sort of like the highest bar you could reach was to make her proud. She was, 100%. Um, and it, it, nothing felt better. Nothing. And I mean, her love was, I mean, that first and foremost, that was there. That was like a, a given. Nobody loved like her. Mm. But making her proud was like reaching just the highest bar ever. Totally. And someone said to me recently, your soul is already proud. You don't have to do that anymore. Shut up. <laughs> I, I kind of, like, think about it for a minute, though. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's nice that that's already imprinted. Like, I kind of, I kind of like it. No question Shut about it. But You're I'm so funny. No, but I'm just like, you know, still, I love the idea of making my mother proud wherever she, if, if she, wherever she is. But not, but not like it's no longer a grade on a test. It's oh, no for longer. Sure. I think we've shifted in what proud means. Fair like, enough. Like, think about that. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But I love my, I love our, our, you know, that the baseline background, let's do this for them too. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so sweet, so purposeful. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, it's my mom passed away when she was 50. I mean, she was only 50. Um, 50. <gasps> 50. Get out. You should have known me the year between 49 and 50. I can only it was imagine. pretty insane when you get to that age. Right. It's pretty right. crazy. Oh, I wish you would have called. <laughs> I would have given you like the daily text one more day. It's a way to live. I mean, it's a way to live life in a in a very different purview. Yeah, yeah. So, so back to work things. I think that's one way to just set an intention and say it so. Yeah. And you know, it's like it's written. It's been written, even if it's only been written by you. Exactly. And and writing it down is also not just like written in the stars, but really write write it down. Start keeping a list of like dream jobs. 
What did you write down for 2019? For 2019? Yeah. I am going to make something called the memory circle because I think that we need to be able to tell our grief stories and I wanted to make a place where people could do that. Is it an online situation? I'm going to start. It, it's an Instagram account but at, at the moment. Oh. But our first um, grief circle is on the books. It's going to happen in Chicago. Okay. I think it will have a writing element, a meditation element, uh, storytelling. Uh, you can bring something that was important to your person. It'll... I have guest speakers. I just got the whole thing. I got it in you a got wave. It? A full wave. How long are these things going to run? Like the actual event? The actual event, we think an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how many people are there, because everybody needs the time to tell their story. You could make it longer, I'm certain. You could make it longer. For sure. I just felt it, and it's really moving, and I felt myself coming, and people are people are going to be able to give storytelling a whole new... Uh, life within themselves and find a new voice within themselves by sharing. I think we live in a society where we aren't able to tell those stories without people feeling discomfort. I don't even know what to say right now. I feel like I want want you to read every Martin Prechtel book and all the Sacred Path books. Ah, wow. And you have to read Tokopah Turner. Okay. You'll give me a reading list. My reading list has been... Wow. My reading list since I lost Pixie Lighthorse. Oh, I have all Pixie. Are you kidding? I... Okay. uh, Last year's Sankalpa was... um, I will make a yoga class for women who have lost their mother before Mother's Day. And this will be the second annual. So every year, it seems like I keep stepping into this space a little more. Right. But my dear friend Amy Owen and I had shared stories of our mother loss and she's one of my greatest yoga teachers. Don't when I, I know her? I'm sure you do. When I arrived in Chicago, I think she studied with you. I'm sure I know her. And Oh, Amy Owen, oh, I got it. You got it. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. We love you. I adore. I just got she it. She tapped me in, yes. in a class, in a yoga class and said to me, I can't take you any further here. I think you should come to Yoga View. And I went. Course. And now we're buds teaching together. Oh God. That's so good. To, sorry to interrupt you before, but I do feel very, very strongly that to gather and circle up and talk about the hard things is actually the, the only antidote right now. That's it. Being able allowing people to tell their story stories to me one on one has been magic i feel like i meet the girl in the room or the store or the everywhere i go like crazy magic energy and i know that it's for a reason i'm looking up your instagram memory circle right now yeah the memory circle it was born um talk to me about what your your other favorite, like one of the other times where you were standing up tall and receiving the truth of the fact that you were standing in exactly the right place at the right time, aside from the Tribune, which is epic. 
you know, to inspire someone to walk into a, a, an always, office and say, this is my job. Yeah, I think it's always when my heart breaks from something. So oh. I went through a divorce and same thing, my vulnerability and sharing with people about what I was going through and what I learned. And I would get a phone call from someone that said, oh, so-and-so told me they sh I should call you. I'm going through a divorce. People would People would come because they knew I got to the other side. Right. And they would come from lawyer referrals to, wow, how did you do it? I'd never even been on a date. So then they wanted to know about that too, like the afterlife. And I think, again, speaking your truth, opening up, being vulnerable, sharing your path. Yeah. I was sitting poolside while my... Quinny was like swimming for the first time on her own and I was a single mom and it was such relief that I didn't need to be in the pool. Mm. So I was sitting beside this woman and I said it out loud. I said, "Thank God. it is unbelievable for me to watch her swim away and I don't need to be in the pool with her. I haven't done that for so long because I was a single mom. And she turned to me and she said, you are the first person that I'm going to say this to, but my husband and I decided last night Whoa. that we're getting a divorce. Wow. I gave her all the information what sitting there blessing. poolside. We're what still a, friends. What a, we're what still a good, friends. She, she's a good listen. Talk about good listening. She's a good listener to say that to the likes of you. It was unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. But mediators and... Yep. Um, Best practices, what yeah. I learned, mistakes, how I went through it, making a pact with myself never to say a bad word to my girls about their father. Word. I say to people, you picked him. You said yes. You picked him. You made that your children's father. Yeah. You follow, picked him. Follow through. Yeah. Follow through and treat that guy with respect even if such a hard thing to teach to people. I did, I mean, we both did it. I did it too. And even in the face of feeling as though you've been wronged, how smart it is to just show respect and dignity for that person who is the father or, or the mother of your, your kids. You're showing your children what you're made of when Word. you do that. Word. What are you showing them? What, what are they supposed to do with that information? Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't speak negatively about anybody, never mind their parent, nor would you want that done to you. Mm. Yeah. My friend called me Grace Kelly. He was like, I couldn't have done it. Mm. I could never have done it. You don't know what you're capable of, though, until you are thrust into the position. You have to make, as you know, concerted a effort. super concerted effort to be that and, yeah. and find someone else to say the bad shit to. Sure. <laughs> Or don't say it at all, and you know. Right, but if you need to, if you need to complain, or you need to find somewhere else to put not it. Not your child, not your child. Amen. And since then, styling—I mean, the biggest things. The biggest things. No, it's like you've really done quite a lot for yourself. Wrote a few books. Had talk a small jewelry company. Talk to me about the books. Books? Yeah. So I became a crazy collector, uh, the daughter of a mom with no things. Of I became course. a crazy memory maker. 
where I've always loved flea markets and I love mm. sort of the history of the things you can find at a flea market and the stories they used to tell and mm. whatever is all in there that's delicious mm -hmm. and that they're one of a kind mm. and I used to go with Marie and it was like our passion and therapy chat 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 in the car the whole way there people would ask if they could come with us we were like hell no and we started to keep a notebook in the car and the notebook became the book flea market baby mm. because we were looking for things to decorate our children's rooms with and there wasn't anything and then well, there wasn't anything that was cool that was being made current zero right this zero. was what year 97 okay. 96 it was like sleek italian cribs and nothing was vintage and so we were taking jelly cupboards and making them into changing tables and we were not martha stewart we were not refinishing things we were like if we could do it you could do it i mean that's my whole life like if i could do this you could do this totally and and the book was born again of like we're not gonna bring you with us but we can tell you how to do it right and everybody everybody would say ask us these crazy questions like is there an aisle for whatever we're like there's no aisle for baby things it's like it's your eye and so it was the same thing making a little list right. what do you want to collect there it will be waiting for you because your your eye is focusing on right. it really that's right. that's just what it is god that's so much fun it was oh my goodness and then flea market um fido's was born because we're crazy about dogs and we would always like pat the dog of like the per the dealer that would bring the dog along and then right. we're, and then crazy dog collections and all the things that we collected in the beginning were just going to be chapters of the book right in our minds the book in our minds right and the publisher said to us oh each of these is a is a book mm. So the chapter on dogs became the flea market Fido's. The chapter on baby became flea market baby. Ah. And it was really crazy and fun. And we just made these joyful, collectible yeah. books. That photos guided or artists? Photos. Got it. Many, many, many of which we, we did ourselves. Great. Um, and then... Snooky was pretending she was from New Jersey when Jersey Shore came out. And again, we were like, we got to take back the beach. We got to take it back. We're both Jersey girls and we're not going to let this happen. And so we wrote a book called Jersey Girls. Wait we started. A Wait a second. Yeah. We just made a serious left turn. Snooky was not from New Jersey. Poughkeepsie. No. She's from Poughkeepsie. None of those people were from New Jersey. My entire life just crumbled. Yeah. I mean, I maybe watched three episodes, but still. It was so in the news. What a farce. Exactly. It was so in the news, and they were, like, staying at our, like, beloved boardwalk, and they, you know, they were, they were making all these, like, crazy Jersey claims. And if you grew up there, and you, you know, I come from a Jersey girl mom. I come from be Jersey girl besties. And we were not letting Snooky take the beach. No. We were taking back the beach. So you wrote a book called Jersey Girls. Yeah, and we interviewed every 
powerful Jersey girl you could imagine from Bobby Brown to, I was interviewing um, Jonathan Adler uh, for Chicago Magazine. And I turned to Jonathan Adler. He asked what I was working on. I turned to him and I said, if my publisher will let you be a Jersey girl in our book, will you be a Jersey girl in our book? Oh, he must have died. So excited. And he's in the book. Um, You know, all those. Jersey Girls, The Fierce and the Fabulous. You bet. By Marie Moss and Barry Liner Grant. You bet. This is great. It's great. It's sort of like our vernacular. For sure. Um, It's just a ode. Love letter to New Jersey. Yeah. A love letter to New Jersey. Every, Kelly, Kelly Ripa. Right? <gasps> What's her name? Goes on. Um, from MTV. Duff. Duff. Karen Duffy. Wow. They're all. Talk that's about the, a badass. That's, that's the best part of it. If I you, should get her on the podcast. You should. I will. She was great to talk to. I'm great sure. to talk to. They all were. So smart. Olympia Dukakis <gasps> on the phone. How? Judy Bloom. Oh my God. Stop. So many. And you know who else? The Statue of Liberty is a Jersey girl. Oh my gosh. She is. You think was she's she a New book? Yorker? Was she she's a book? Jersey girl. She's in the book. She's a Jersey girl. So it's it's making Susan Sarandon, Phoebe Newworth. Yes, yes. Good one. And Timothy White, a fantastic photographer, was so moved by our project. Um, he had photographed all of those people and he gave us the photographs to use. Get in the book out with their permission of course, of course. but yeah beautiful i mean the things that unfolded jonathan adler allowed us to have the parties at his stores and right. i mean the things that unfolded and so it's always pinched me because now that i'm saying it out loud when you're in it you can't see what you're making all the time mm. but you have to be open mm. to the making yeah and and really being brave. It it really is about being brave. Back to the adventure. Yes. Yes. Saying yes to the and adventure. And make it an adventure. I'm not a girl that can sit at a desk, really. No. I think that I'm informed by what I work on by having my eyes open to what's right. going on. Whether it's a book, whether it's travel, whether it's meeting somebody, whether it's talking to a stranger. Mm. Um I've become that girl. Like I call Dana all the time and I say, I mom, I just started a conversation with this woman in the store, but you know, that's what happened. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of crazy, but it's kind of great. I love that. I have, um, I have three questions that I normally ask every person. One, what needs healing right now? And it can be in you and the world. What needs healing right now? I think loneliness. Yeah. I think we're really, our devices have made us separate Mm. from one another. We see, we think we see people. We think we know people. So I've been reconnecting by making in-person meetings, coffees. I want to see you. Right. I want to see you. Right. So we've been talking a lot about loneliness and aloneness. And I want to explore that further in the memory circle. We just want to be heard. Yeah. People want to be heard and seen. And we yeah. don't have a place to do that. And not everybody even has like a huge 
story. interest but, or a huge interest in being on social platforms. And if they're not oh. in, they don't even feel like they know really what's going on or they don't feel connected or whatever that is. But let's dial that back. Someone just said they had a basket at their door for kids to like drop their phones in when they come on play dates so that the kids can be, I think it was Glennon Doyle, where the kids can feel connected when they're at your house. Like we just have to feel, fill ways of being connected. Like just think of ways that we can be more connected to each other and not lonely. Yeah. Very good. The second what is your favorite view? Can go any number of ways. My, it takes my breath away when I'm reconnected with my sister. Yeah. Like seeing her. That view, I'll take that view. I had the same experience when I saw her last time. It was like this rush of relief. She's that way. It's, it's, it's like a calmness comes over me when I just lay eyes on her. First of all, she looks exactly like my mother. The older she gets, the more she looks like my mother, it's which true. is comfort in of itself. Yeah. You know, I always think no other sisters could be like us. Um, we're that close. You are that close. But when I see her, it's like... Cellular. Relief. Yeah. Complete relief. I feel mothered when oh, I see God. my sister. I feel mothered. Oh, that's so good. That She's, makes me cry. She, of course it does. And she's five years younger than you. Yeah, and she's totally the mother. I have that in my sister, actually. She's so the mother. We push and pull. I would say we're really good at that. Mm. But her, even being in her home is such, I don't have to be in charge mm. when I'm with her. <laughs> so nice. it's a release right. and a relief. Right. And I just, I just, it's, it's everything. I mean, she's, yeah. Her eyes are like, home. I know what's in there. It's home. just home. Yeah. And lastly, what does prayer mean to you? Lately, I would say it's deeply rooted in meditation and asking for what I need. You have a meditation practice. I do. Tell me about it. I do. I sit every day. When I went through my yoga teacher training, I sat for 30 minutes every day from September to December and found crazy clarity. I was grateful. I was driving my car one day during, during the um, training mm. to go to a styling meeting. And I came, I drive my car for years. And I thought, I am so grateful to have this car and it kept happening like these amazing That's moments meditation. of gratitude yep. like just mindfulness and yep. watching people cross the street and all these crazy crazy things started to evolve and i thought i'm i'm never giving this up hmm. yeah yeah and i have a much my husband alex um practices too and he sits and manifest things. I sit and clear for what can come next. Hmm. That's my, my practice. Really nice. I wish we could talk more. I cannot thank you enough for this. I feel like, I feel like everyone's going to get a lot out of it. And we went in many directions. Circles. Wow. Circles. But I think in the end, 
the takeaway is don't be afraid to say what you want and go after it because you have no idea what's possible. You have no idea who will say yes. And the best thing you can do is just get out and ask. I I, I can't really think of anybody who has said no. Wow. I really can't. Wow. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.